What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you today with another episode of Dynasty Decisions. This is episode 37. You guys know the drill by this point. In these episodes, we talk about all of your Dynasty questions from trades to your team outlook to rebuilding, contending. What should I do with my rookie picks? All that stuff is included in today's video. This is always our weekly you know, price check on certain players in the trade market as well as some of you guys have talked about. So if you guys want to be on episodes of Dynasty Decisions going forward. You can become a patron. Link is in the description for that. Patreon.com forward slash Fantasy Stock Exchange. Those guys get our first priority for Dynasty Decisions. And if you want to just submit us questions anyway, and we fit in as many non-patron questions as possible, Twitter and Discord um, links are in the description for that as well. And another quick announcement before I introduce Danny here. Um, we are now available on podcast feeds as well. So if you guys prefer to listen to us via podcast, of course, we do for Dynasty Decisions specifically. We have a lot of screen prompts, so we still encourage you to listen on YouTube. But if you want to listen to future episodes via podcast, we are available over there. Link is in the description for that. Just search Fantasy Stock Exchange on Google, you know, Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. We will be available for you there. So quick announcement, we will be up to date with podcast uh, uploads yeah. as well if you guys were curious if we are on podcast feeds. For sure. Again, uh, that's something uh, we haven't been as consistent as we've wanted to be at. And I mean, for, for you guys, for sake, it's easy for us to upload. It's something that you guys enjoy, especially if you're, you know, on a few hour drive and you want to listen to a few episodes. I mean, that's very, very practical for you guys. So why wouldn't we make that a more consistent part of our planning? So yeah, uh, podcast for sure. Yep. So before we get into it, you guys know the drill. Got to hit the intro. All right, so we start off with the patron questions. Derek's team, uh, we actually went over his team uh, two weeks ago or last week, so we're not going to cover his team too, too in-depth, but what he did send us is some more trades recently. So the first trade, as you guys can see on the screen there, Derek Carr, A.J. Brown, and David Montgomery is what he received in exchange for Travis Etienne, Jerry Judy, and the 2022-205. This is a one-quarterback league, so Derek Carr, not quite as valuable as he would be in a super flex league. Otherwise, this would be a woodshed type of deal. But uh, what, what are our thoughts overall and how do you kind of break this one down? Yeah, so when I initially saw it, I was like thinking, oh, yeah, it's a super flex. He bought low on a, on a, mid, a middling quarterback two type, I, I, I would say, in Derek Carr. Uh, I mean, looking at this deal, this is a, a clear contender versus, uh, you know, accumulating asset, productive struggle type of team, right? ETN Judy 205, if you're in a productive struggle, those young pieces might be uh, better for you long term. But I mean, overall, getting A.J. Brown, Dave Montgomery, you know, A.J. Brown being a top five wide receiver in Dynasty, Dave Montgomery obviously being, you know, an RB2 type in Dynasty. So not a, oh. not a massive difference to me between uh, ETN versus Montgomery. There is a difference for sure. The age is on the side yeah. of ETN. Um, receiving skill set still the untapped potential of ETN is on the side of him. But Dave Montgomery's been an RB1 in the past. He's not old. He's, you know, 24, 25 years old. And uh, that 205 uh, obviously kind of helps offset that on the ETN side, obviously. But I, I really like this move for a contending yeah, type of team. For sure. AJ Brown is a pretty sizable upgrade to Jerry Judy, in my opinion, like a very sizable upgrade. And then David Montgomery and ETN, I think Derek Carr is enough as a QB2 in a one quarterback league to kind of help me offset the difference between Montgomery and ETN. For sure. And I mean, just looking at the team, obviously, Carr is a, a very solid quarterback, too, to have behind Joe Burrow, obviously, who, who's going to be number one. 
Uh, you're getting David Montgomery. He's going to lock and load as your RB3. Gives you at least a contending type of running back core between him, Mixon, and Jacobs. A.J. Brown, you needed that number one alpha type of wide receiver if you wanted to contend. And A.J. Brown, when he's healthy, can surely provide that. Now it takes you from a you know depth, plentiful type of wide receiver core to, oh, I got my top dog and I got a bunch of facilities. Which is what we said him. about his wide receiver core the first yeah. time we talked about his team is that he didn't have an alpha dog. He didn't have a guy that was going to be one of those studs for him. So it's good that he added a guy like A.J. Brown. You also ship off some risk with ETN and the injury concerns yeah. with him as well. So the second trade that he has here is Cortland Sutton for the 203 and the Perfect. 207. I we're not huge on Cortland Sutton, but if you can get him for this price, I, I really, really like that deal. I mean, easily. I mean, you figure if he's healthy with Russell Wilson throwing him the football, I mean, realistically, you know, 120, 130 type of targets is in his range of outcomes. And if you're having that level of quarterback play with that level of projected volume, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if you're looking at a top 15 to 20 type of wide receiver this year. Getting that for the 203, the 207. Yeah, what's that, David Bell and Zamir White? Like, yeah, not all for them. Yeah, it's definitely not backbreaking to give up pieces like that. Uh, And then this last trade, Michael Gallup for Marquez Callaway, Cordero Patterson, the 210. Wouldn't find doing that. I get, yeah, Cordero Patterson probably would have helped your team a little bit for a contending window, but I I think Michael Gallup long term is a better, you know, value insulated asset to go out and acquire. Marquez Callaway doesn't mean anything to me. And then the 210 in this class is realistically the difference between the 210. And like the 310 is probably not huge. So yep. giving up the 210, I, I don't mind doing that. You got you offload all your second round picks that you had, but you get a lot better pieces as a result of that with Gallup and Sutton. Um, a lot better wide receiver depth. And your your team has like a very deep wide receiver core. Obviously, behind AJ Brown, you still have McLaurin and Hollywood, who I would say are and, and Sutton, who are solid wide receiver twos this year. Claypool, upside wide receiver three type. Calvin Ridley should be a wide receiver two to one kind of guy once he's After back yep. And then Michael Gallup, again, another upside wide receiver three type. For sure. So uh, overall, any other uh, thoughts here or any other questions here? No, but I think this is a lot better than how your team looked before. Absolutely. So the first yep. assessment that we made, I think you did a good job of acquiring some value, getting yourself some more high-end pieces, especially with AJ Brown and uh, building out your depth as well. So great job to Derek there. Um, he also did say that he wanted to go after Hopkins, but the guy wanted like a 2022 first plus, and he just couldn't stomach giving that up. Again, if, if somebody's going to overvalue their own yeah. players, which is going to happen in Dynasty, people like to overvalue the guys that they have, even if they're not worth that. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is probably worth a 2022 first, but a very late one, like a yeah. 110, 111, 112. 112 not. Yeah. If he wants, you know, your 10, uh, you have the 109. If he wants your 109 and, you know, Calvin Ridley for him or Chase Claypool no, for him. Like that's too much to get up. So I'm glad you didn't make that move. So let's move on to the other patron team, which is James, a uh, member of the Tone Setters tier. So shout out to him. By the way, we are going to be running our Dynasty Startup Listener League and our Tone Setters are automatically in. So if you guys want to get in the league with us, being a Tone Setter, which is our highest tier on Patreon, will guarantee that you're in that league. So um, our other patrons will be, you know, thrown in a hat and drawn for the other spots. But we, I think we have, you know, six or seven Tone Setters that are guaranteed yeah. in that league. I was just about to say the uh, the actual tone setters fill in the league right now. And then when you consider myself and Corey, I mean, come be a tone setter right now. Guarantee your spot in a league with either of us. Obviously, the startup will be happening post NFL draft. More clarity there. Time for you guys to go sign up on Patreon. So if you aren't already, go get her done. <laughs> yeah. So James's team, a tone setter, 12 oh, team yeah. PPR Superflex. Just wanted to know the direction, what we think of his team overall. Um, so you guys can see it on the screen right there in a Superflex league. You got Lamar. Derek Carr, Matt Ryan is your top quarterbacks. You have uh, pretty, you know, high-end running backs, but they're, you know, up there in age. Austin Eckler, 
in Ezekiel Elliott with Antonio Gibson as well. Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Russell Gage, Michael Gallup, et cetera, at wide receiver. And then one of the top ti- uh, dynasty tight ends in Mark Andrews with Cole Komet and Dawson Knox's decent depth behind those guys. Doesn't have his first round pick, it looks like this year or next. Um, and he doesn't have his second round pick or any picks this year and doesn't have a second round pick in 2023. So overall, looking at this team, pretty clear what the direction of this team is. He's looking to win. To um, win. Would you make any moves away from how this team is kind of constructed to maybe further your longevity or go out and get some more win now type of pieces in exchange for maybe somebody that you want off your roster? I mean, looking at this team right now, you're clearly banking on, for the most part, your running backs hitting. I mean, if Eckler's healthy, we expect another top five type of season for him. If Ezekiel Elliott, or that pan, that tandem between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, I mean, realistically, one's going to give you low-end RB2 production. One's going to give you, you know, middle-to-back-end RB1 production, given the expected workload. So, I mean, those are clear contending pieces. Obviously, Gibson, we talked about, if, if he hits this range of outcomes, if he hits his ceiling, we could be looking at a middle type of RB1. And then Rashad Penny is a very, very polarizing player. From a value standpoint, I'm a little nervous about Rashad Penny. But, I mean, if there was going to be a type of roster construction construction where you take that risk, where you take that type of player, it would be on yours. Because, obviously, again, if, if Penny hit with the team that you have, like you need your running backs to carry because outside of those top two wide receivers, I mean, Michael Gallup's dealing with an ACL. He's not going to be ready to start the year. And then after Gallup, I mean, Gage could probably have a couple decent games with Godwin out. But like aside from that, there's a lot of ambiguity, a lot of risk outside of those top two receivers. This looks like my dynasty listener league team. Have you noticed that? Because I have a mobile oh, yeah. quarterback one in Justin Fields. I have an, a 30-something-year-old quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. He has Derek Carr. I have my running backs carrying the show with Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley and J.K. Dobbins, who's yep. kind of like Antonio Gibson at the current point in time. And I have, you know, Leonard Fournette and a couple other good depth pieces like what Penny kind of represents. And I have two studs, Deontay Johnson and Debo Samuel, and not much else after that. And I also have Mark Andrews. So it is a lot like my team. Um, so this, again, it, you're looking to win the championship. That's what you're trying to do here. You got to have those running backs to carry you. I would gauge your league's value on Ezekiel Elliott because I just don't believe in him. If you can get a first for him, like... Even as a contender, I still don't really want to have Ezekiel Elliott on my team because I don't necessarily know if his value is ever going to be as high as it is now, which is saying a lot because his value isn't that high right now, but it might be nothing come next season. Well, this might sound crazy, but I know in some leagues, you might still be able to get Leonard Fournette for Ezekiel Elliott. I would rather have both James Conner and Leonard Fournette than Ezekiel Elliott. And a heartbeat, and I'm a fucking Cowboys fan. You guys can see the jerseys behind me. I'm a Cowboys fan, but guess what? I mean, from an injury standpoint, from an age standpoint, from a user standpoint, I mean, this is a guy that is nearing on freaking 2,000 career touches. Like, yes, he's 26 going on 27, so you you might think, oh, yeah, he's a younger player, but he's, like, basically out-touching every other running back in the league by, like, 300, 400 touches. Like, it's insane. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then you also get the, like, you remove the double condom thing of having Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, and if you move Zeke, then you still have Pollard on your roster who could be an upside piece for you if Zeke were to get injured, which, I mean, given his touch workload and his age now, is more and more likely given the fact that he's dealt with injuries the last two seasons as well. So... Overall, looking at your team, you're well set up to try and compete for the championship, but I would gauge your league dynamic on some of your contending pieces to see because in in our league where I have a similar roster, I traded Devontae Adams away, who in my situation, you probably don't want to trade away. This was pre uh, you know Raiders trade. And in that exchange, I got two second round picks in Deontay Johnson. So I still get a very, very good contending wide receiver. And I got two second round picks to increase my depth and longevity going forward. So if you can make a move like that, if you can sell DeAndre Hopkins for 
you know, a, a younger wide receiver that'll give you similar ish production, maybe 90% production. Same goes with Ezekiel Elliott. By all means, try and make a move like that. And uh, the other thing I was going to say, I mean, realistically, given your RB depth, like if this is a, a very RB heavy type of team, which is, or, or type of league, which is usually what you see in more casual leagues, maybe you could flip Ezekiel Elliott and get, you know, an upside pass catcher at that value. I mean, yeah, if you can get a young receiver like Chase Claypool or something for Ezekiel Elliott, I go, mean, you know, by all means, make a make or, a risk like that. If you can go get Brandon Ayuk, yeah. uh, if I you mean, add Ezekiel Elliott, maybe your third rounder in 2023 and go after Ayuk or go after Marquise Brown or something like that. Even realistically, like you might be able to get like Brandon Cooks plus for Zeke. Like if you can yeah. even do something like that, obviously Brandon Cooks doesn't have, you know, a, a crazy ceiling, but top 15 to 20 type of wide receiver this year, fully in the range of outcomes. Obviously, uh, he's going to be cheaper than that type of production that you could pay. Maybe you can even get, you know, Brandon Cooks in a third for Zeke at this point. I wouldn't be shocked if that was a current market value. Yeah, definitely do not disagree with that. So let's uh, move off of James, uh, James team. Hopefully he can yep. go out and win a championship this year. Let's get into the non-patron questions. We have uh, Showstopper, our first one here. 10 teams, Superflex, PPR. Just wants to be pointed in the right direction as to what to do with this team. He has uh, Lance Stafford, Mariota as his top quarterbacks, CEH, Patterson, Hunt, Dylan um, at running back, most notably Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney, Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Moore, Mike Williams, Kenny Galladay, et cetera, at wide receiver. Uh, Dallas Goddard, Fryermuth, um, Ertz at tight end. And then he's got a lot of draft capital, 101 this year, 110 this year, 204, 205, 209. 210. So those early second round picks, again, more like the 201, 202 in a 10 team type of league. And then he has two first round picks in 2023 and three second round picks in 2023. So obviously this is not a team that is ready to compete right away because I mean, he says, let's just point me in the right direction. I would say, continue to add pieces to this roster, continue to um, acquire value where you can. Again, as we're going to say pretty much for any productive struggle with the 101 this year, gauge the value of that 101. If you can get an early first next year, maybe another piece on top of it. I'm okay letting Brees Hall pass me by if it means that I can acquire more value for my rebuild going forward. Well, I saw uh, it was either a YouTube video or thread, but basically uh, the potential value that you can get for that 101 right now. And I, I saw one mock trade that would make a very good amount of value for you and a lot of sense for you in this situation obviously again in your situation you are a clear productive struggle so realistically as good and insulated of an asset as Brees Hall is like realistically like by the time he is going to be that contributing workhorse rb1 for your team he's going to be 23 24 years old given the current status of your team instead i would rather take that value that you know 20.8 year old pristine profile expected draft capital darling that Brees hall is in the fantasy community and i would see if i can get a haul like if you can get a let's haul just for say haul. yeah yeah go haul for haul go uh go brand it go comment it in the in the comment section if you made it 15 minutes so far in this video if you can get let's just say the 105 a mid to late 2023 first and maybe a mid or an early to mid 2023 second that might be a realistic type of move you can do for Brees Hall right now. And obviously at that 105, you can go to your best player available, whether it's, you know, like a Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson this year. You get another 2023 draft pick, get a third 2023 first for a team that is already well-suited for the future in terms of liquid uh, appreciating type of assets. And you're getting another second. And I think realistically, like if somebody's willing to get and pay for that top five type of dynasty running back that Brees Hall would represent, I think you're going to find somebody that's going to be willing to give you 105, 23 first, 23 second for him. Right. And that's, that's kind of the like uh, macro game theory 100%. piece of advice. Why we're looking to sell the one one right now is because 
we are in it. Peak rookie season is upon us. Like everybody is very, very excited about this rookie class. They've been watching highlight tapes of just bombs productions for the last three months. <laughs> and they're Classic. super excited to draft Brees Hall at 101, but they don't have the 101 and they want the 101. So you have it. You have the golden ticket for them. They haven't been watching Bijan Robinson highlights. They haven't been watching Sean Tucker highlights and you know Jameer Gibbs highlights and Bryce Young highlights and CJ Stroud highlights. So if you can get an early first plus, or like Danny said, you can get the 105 and a mid first or something like that. By all means, try and take advantage of that market. The other thing that sticks out with this team is obviously Matthew Stafford is a little out of place because he is an older quarterback yeah. in his prime. You want to get that production off of your team. You want to tank your own first as well to try and get Bijan Robinson next year, or, you know, get a high end running back next year. So what I would be looking to do is get draft capital for Stafford if I can, because then it keeps the production off my team. Or if you can go and buy, you know, See what Fields. it costs with Stafford to go get Trevor Lawrence or to go get Justin Fields or to go get somebody yeah. like that. If you want to take Matthew Stafford in the 204 to go get Trevor Lawrence, if that's something that can get it done, by all means, go and do something like that as well. I mean, I was also going to say, too, another thing that would make a lot of sense, uh, especially with Elijah Moore on this team. Maybe you can maybe somebody's willing to give you Zach Wilson in the 2023 20, first four staffer. Say they're I a contender. That's going to be the price of Zach Wilson. But, I think people are more high on Zach Wilson than that. It might even I don't it, know, though. It, Every time I, because I tried to trade Stafford for Zach Wilson straight up, and I had to offer the guy Stafford and a second for Zach Wilson, he still didn't accept it. So okay, that that's crazy to me. Because like, again, like, it I am going to depend on your league dynamic how the guy values right. Zach Wilson. If he thinks he's a bum, he's a bust. You can probably get Zach Wilson in a first for Matthew Stafford, but you know it all depends on his team as well. Because if he's also a rebuilding team, then he's probably yeah. not going to be more willing to give you a young quarterback like that. So that's basically how we kind of view your team here, Showstopper. I think you're well set up for the future. Just continue to, uh, you know, spend your draft capital, trade away draft capital, and uh, take advantage of the market if you can. That 110 pick is probably going to be earmarked for, you know, best player available, most likely a wide receiver. Uh, 204, 205, again, maybe you can add another quarterback to this team. If, uh, you know, Matt Corral or, or somebody like that gets decent draft capital, those early second rounders is probably where I'm looking to add a third quarterback if I can, a young quarterback. For sure. And I'll just preface, maybe you wouldn't be able to get Wilson and a first, but I mean, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me how, how Wilson like in a second won't be like, yeah, no, it's pretty by. wild. Some people do value Wilson highly, which, which is a good thing. I, I, I love Wilson, but realistically like Stafford was coming off an MVP level. Season. Right, right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a pretty big difference at the yeah. time. So uh, let's move on to B, B Davis's team here. 10 team, half PPR, one quarterback league. Um, another similar kind of build here. Winning window is 2023. The one that he has in mind. Uh, any moves that we should make. And the one thing I'll say right away is that I do think you can actually compete this year. Yes. Um, with yeah, yeah, your winning window is 2023 because you have a young team and it's probably going to peak then. But Javante Williams and Josh Jacobs as, as your top two backs is good enough running backs to compete this year. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, some combination of those guys is a good enough in a one quarterback league to compete this year. Your wide receiver core with AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Elijah Moore, Devontae Smith, and Cortland Sutton is more than enough to compete this year. And you obviously have Kyle Pitts oh. and you have the 101 this year to add Brees Hall to your running back course. So uh, I, I think you can compete this year, but obviously you're well set up for the future as well with all the young pieces you have. You have three first next year as well. Um, what are your thoughts on this team overall? I'll say one thing that really, really stands out to me right now. Obviously, again, it depends on, you know, the Lamar Kyler owners reactions and their current status uh, where they're located. But man, like if you could package two of those quarterbacks and go get like a superstar quarterback, I'd be willing to do that, especially considering you have so much draft capital to add depth at skill positions. But like, realistically, if you went to the Kyler owner, he said, listen, like you don't have a quarterback too. 
I'm willing to give you, you know, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson for Kyler. Like that might be a realistic move that can get done. Yeah, or you could maybe even take Justin Fields and AJ Dillon or something and go yeah, with Lamar Jackson. That makes or sense. Tyler. I I do think that would be a, a move Fields that I'd be two seconds. to make because you have the superstar factor pretty much at every other position on your yeah. team except for quarterback. Like as much as I like those guys, they're not superstars yet. Yeah. And I do think you can compete this year with this team, especially once you add Brees Hall at the 101 and probably another wide receiver at 108 and 208. So um, yeah, you're, you're in a good spot. You have the stud factor. Like, I mean, looking across the board, you got Pitts, you got Javante, you got, you know, Metcalf, you got Brown, you got uh Brees Hall that is going to be on your team assuming as well. So, um, you're well set up. I, I, there's not much I would change about this situation. Just continue to see what you can do. I wouldn't even be opposed to going out and getting another stud. If, yeah. if somebody's really high on the 2023 class and they have Justin Jefferson on their roster or something like that, and you want to take one of your 2023 first and give them a young quarterback and a young, like, if you take. Your 2023 first, uh, Zach Wilson and AJ Dillon, and you can pry Justin Jefferson away I from somebody. It's like, going to be two firsts at least. Yeah, it, it might be more than what I'm expecting. 100%. You might have to <laughs> your seconds or um, something like that on like, top of it. But, but like, either you, way, I, I wouldn't be opposed to going out and acquiring another stud young wide receiver on this team. As much as like your wide receiver core is already good, you could yeah, probably like, even add another stud. I mean, like as much as I love Devonta Smith, like realistically, for if you wanted to go after a Jefferson type, it probably, probably might cost you know. Smith the 108 and one of those first so Smith and two first for Jefferson that, that's probably a more realistic deal and one realistically given your draft capital like go get a fucking superstar like honestly like yeah exactly the, you like, got he, you have the depth you have the you know the superstar talent and you have the draft capital in the future to help replenish your situation too so yeah going out and getting another stud would be something that I would probably encourage you to do um let's move on to the next team that we have here Josh's yeah. team I'll let you uh, take it away with his for sure. So you guys can see, I mean, a quarterback, uh, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield, Dana Jones, main building blocks at running back, obviously with ETN for the most part, wide receiver, DK, AJ Brown, Odell, you name it, tight end and fan with his picks this year being the 103, the 110, the 201, the 208, and the 303 in particular. His uh, main questions here, just like a brief overview of this team and thoughts on this deal that he actually did lower. So one quarterback, uh, 10 man dynasty with three flexes. What are your thoughts on this proposed deal that he has listed here? So he traded away DJ Moore, Dak Prescott, Kamara, Eckler, and Deontay. So like a lot of, you know, stud now. now type of pieces by the looks of it. He, he's kind of like tearing it down with this move. AJ Brown, ETN, three firsts. So I'm guessing, yeah. you know, two 2023s and uh, 20, 2024 by the looks of it. Yeah. Or maybe one this year, one 2023 and one 2024 is probably how it worked. And then three seconds and three thirds. So got a lot of draft capital in exchange for those guys. As far as breaking this one down, I mean, ETN versus Camara, add one of those seconds in. And that's probably a wash probably. on the ETN side. Probably um, even a third, to be Eckler, honest. Like Eckler for, I mean, AJ Brown. Okay, let me try and do this. AJ Brown in a first for Eckler and DJ Moore. Is that a wash for you? Or maybe you add I'd, like, I'd rather like Brown. all three of the thirds just to make it even? I'd rather the Brown side. Yeah, let's just add AJ <laughs> Brown a first and the three thirds for that. And then Deontay Johnson for Deontay Johnson, Dak Prescott for two firsts. Like, again, yeah. we're, we're, again, this is a pretty good deal. I, I would say for both sides, this guy obviously got a bunch of superstars for his contending window. So he probably won from that perspective. You got a bunch of draft capital and some young pieces. So overall, I, I like that move. The one thing I will say is when I'm making moves like this, I'm almost never looking to actually acquire a running back in exchange for uh, this because if you're trying to punt this you know, window to the, to the future. So ETN, as much as he's young, 
he, by the time you're ready to compete, he's going to be in his third, fourth NFL season. So I'm probably looking to just get draft capital yeah. instead of uh, a young running back. The only counter I would have to that is if you can't get more draft capital, let's just say hypothetically, those are all the That's picks all he that guy has. has. Yeah. And if you had to choose an, a type of running back, an archetype of running back, that you'd be willing to take on in this situation, it would be an ETN because obviously there's a you know a clouded uh, variable type of stance on how people are obviously with ETN coming back from that list, Frank. But he shows some flashes. He catches you know six seven passes each in the first couple games. Like you're taking what you just paid for ETN and you're flipping him for one point five x profit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Even if you don't hang on to him to the length yeah. of your rebuild, you could probably sell him for more. Uh, come next off season or midway through the season or something yeah. like that. So yeah, a good spot. Again, you obviously uh, know what you're doing here based on these trades. You have a lot of draft capital to spend going forward. Just take swings at upside is my advice going forward. AJ Brown and DK Metcalf are going to lock down your wide receiver core for a long time. No rush to trade those guys. They're still young. You, they should be ready. W once you're ready to compete in like 2023, 2024, they should be still in their prime. So uh, yeah, the 103. I'm probably looking to add another stud young wide receiver, most likely 110, same thing, 201, same thing. And then come the 2023 class is probably when I'm going to look to add my running backs. Yep, for sure. So we can move on to the next team here. That's going to be from Josh E. Holes. And he mentions in the Discord message, I guess this is the, the question that he wanted us to answer along with the team that he provided. But he had Parker, Allen Robinson, Raheem Mozart, and Melvin Gordon to start this offseason. And he wanted to know what we do with guys like that. You know, these older, cloudy. Free agent signing type of movements. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do we do with those type of players? And he says, I'm sure a lot of people like me had one or more of these guys on their roster and lucked into some good, but never really exciting offseason news with them. He basically wants to see like, what what do we do with guys like this and who out of this group that we we would think has the most success. So. Um, overall, we'll just look at the roster first. I mean, one quarterback league having Josh Allen, the quarterback one, like you can't improve that point blank. Simple. Yeah. Running back top five dynasty running backs and a, and a very, yeah. very good, uh, RB three and David Montgomery, you got Diggs, good you depth. got Robinson, you got IU Claypool, et cetera, at wide receiver and Kyle Pitts is your tight end. So you can compete with this team very clearly. 100%. I mean, at one Oh seven, I'm probably looking at another wide receiver to that group that you have there, get some more youth, uh, another upside piece there. Um, especially in your case. So you, you're asking, what should I do with a guy like Allen Robinson? I would keep uh, on your yeah. team. You, you're ready to compete. I would keep Allen Robinson. Maybe you gauge what the value is to see if somebody's willing to overpay for him. But uh, he's a guy that fits perfectly fine for your roster. A guy like Mostert, again, another good new signing. I would say he, he went up in value as a result of him signing with the Dolphins because yeah. there's carries to be had there. There's volume to be had there. Um, I would just keep him as a depth piece and same kind of goes for Melvin Gordon and Devontae Parker. They, they, they increased their value slightly. Nothing crazy, yeah. but um, they went up a little bit in value and not enough that I'm willing to like sell them. But when you're a competing team like this, you probably just use it as as reinforced depth for your team. For sure. And I mean, uh, just mentioning A-Rob quickly, because that, that is like the main like valuable piece, if you will, out of this quartet that you mentioned. And yeah, I mean, going from, you know, that ambiguous situation with the Bears, you know, Justin Fields rookie year, inaccuracy at times not a lot of volume available for Allen Robinson albeit I don't think he was the same player last year you're going from that type of cloudy situation to a clear successful passing attack which the Rams represent I mean that, that was as good of a move as you could have possibly asked for as an Allen Robinson owner hence the uh 
give me Allen Robinson on the Rams over a 2023 first Yates tweet. Yeah, exactly. We and wouldn't go that far. If you but... weren't, if you were um, a rebuilding team and Allen Robinson was like your wide receiver one and everybody else was young, you know, re, uh, rebuilding yeah. type of assets and you had no running backs and no good tight end, no good quarterback, then I would say, yes, sell Allen Robinson at that point. But you're in a position to win. So anybody yeah. that sees an uptick in value, Parker, A-Rob, Mostert, Melvin, I'm more inclined to just hold on to guys like that. But if you're a rebuilding team, then by all means, gauge the market on any of those guys. See what people are willing to give up for them now that they've signed in better positions. And I mean, you have two first next year, so you're in, you know, well stocked up to be able to replenish your roster as Diggs and Robinson and stuff get older too. Yep. No, 100%. And uh, he does have a couple listed trades here. So I guess uh, this was either before, uh, he doesn't clarify when this was, but he traded away uh, Trey Lance in the 402 in a one quarterback league for A Rob. I mean, realistically, in a one quarterback, A Rob's probably what, give or take an early second type of value, one quarterback league. Um, I think honestly, in a one quarterback league, he probably has first round value, late first round value. Yeah. So I mean, either either way, that that type of turn, and obviously Trey Lance's value in a non super flex comparatively to a super. Flex I would say he pound. probably has a little bit more value than Robinson, but um, bit, yeah. given that you have Josh Allen, I don't know. He doesn't list his other quarterbacks here. Maybe you don't have another quarterback, but I mean. It's not like you need one. Like you have Josh <laughs> Allen, like Trey Lance would be the type of guy that I would want to have behind a guy like Josh Allen because he's, you know, athletic upside. and he, he runs and he has upside. So he'd be the type of QB two I would love to have on this roster. Cause he's, you know, for those reasons, but um, trading him away to acquire another, you know, wide receiver. That's going to help you win. Definitely not a, a move. I would say is a bad thing. And then getting Keyshawn Vaughn for the four Oh seven. I mean, yeah, like I'm not a big Keyshawn <laughs> Vaughn guy, but uh, I know he's got more value now than he did last year. And he proved For more sure. now than he did last year. And the 407, like you ain't getting any th- anybody <laughs> special, at least not a running back that had, you know, third round draft capital that still has some kind of ceiling, not really a lot of ceiling, probably only in the event of injury that he has any kind of ceiling, but uh, it's something it's probably better than you're going to get from the 407. I mean, like at the end of the day, if you can just, I guess, add depth to a redundant rookie pick, like, as I say, redundant, watch him watch like the next Justin Jefferson go at the four seven. But yeah, literally, I mean, yeah, not, not only we is got, it a, we got Romeo dubs coming into the NFL next year and breaking oh, the yeah. rookie record. Hey, Amen. Big dubs, big dubs. You get to eat a dub. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, looks like you're in a good spot. Uh, let's move on to John's team. Um, we actually didn't mention this at the beginning of the video, but we are doing a double header of dynasty decisions yeah. this week. We got a lot of submissions from you guys. So we will have another video tomorrow. For those of you guys that submitted a question, you're like, where the hell is my question? It'll be on tomorrow's video. So yeah. uh, John's team, 14 team, super flex, PPR, tight end premium roster. Um, Lamar and Lance in a super flex definitely will do there, but not a notable quarterback three, which is you know a tough part about playing in a 14 teamer. You got JK Dobbins, AJ Dillon, Ramondre Stevenson at running back, DK Metcalf, Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper, et cetera, at wide receiver, tight end, uh, Dawson Knox, Albert O., uh, and then you have a kicker as well, which is odd because I never see that in Dynasty. But <laughs> he basically says, I hold the, 10, uh, the 104, the 105, the 110, and the 204 in the rookie draft, which is definitely a good position to be in. And uh, he traded away Jimmy G for uh, Jimmy G, Rashad Penny Easy. for 102. Easy. Which like, is insane to me. Um, and then yeah. you flip the one. So I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the second move <sighs> that you don't did like here. the flip at all. Yeah. So I would have just held the one Oh two if I was yeah. used. So he said he flips the one Oh two for Dawson Knox, the one ten in the 2023 third. No, listen, um, the one ten and the one Oh two is a pretty big difference in my opinion, even in a super yeah. flex league, it's a pretty big difference. Uh, for me, the one Oh two is at minimum going to be Malik Willis or Brees Hall. Which, and if you don't like either of those guys, then you got to, you know, stud wide receivers. Oh. And in a 14 team super flex, <laughs> I Malik Willis has that. got a lot of value. So I, yeah. I, I personally would not have done the fact that you somehow got the one Oh two for Rashad Penny and Jimmy G. 
I would have, you know, ran yeah. all the way to the bank and laughed myself all the way there. So yeah. uh, you, you would shed at him on the first one, but I think you might have uh, God, gotten fleeced on the second one. But at the, the bright spot is that you probably you you traded Jimmy G for Penny or yeah. Jimmy G and Penny for Knox the 110 and a 2023 third, then you made out positive. Yeah, it's just it's just so unfortunate. Uh, obviously, again, like at the time, you know, Knox, not a target earner, uh, to say the least. Very, very buoyed by touchdown production. I mean, is he still, you know, fine, a, a solid one-two turn type of asset in terms of uh, tight end premium value? But he's probably around there. But realistically, I mean, that 102, you're locked into either a top five dynasty running back or in a 14-team super flex Malik Willis who. I have ranked as a top 15 quarterback in dynasty. So that second deal, you know, at least overall you profited between those two deals, but yeah, that second deal is a little rough, but I, I think we both agree that taking uh, the, the Rondale Moore hype and basically returning it, recycling it into another valuable dart throw with that second. Like I would rather the second straight up over Rondale at this point. Yeah, um, he's hard to gauge because I think a second round value is where I have him. But I do think you might be able to get more for Rondell Moore, pun intended, um, yeah. knowing that people are you know, willing to invest in young athletic wide receivers like him. So uh, if you could have gotten like a, a second this year, like the 203 or something like that, I probably would have preferred that knowing that it's like three years from now um, that you can use the pick in 2024 is a little bit unfortunate. But nonetheless, I think a pretty solid move. And then this last trade, I think, is, is solid there. You trade away Joe Mixon. Um, and you get the 105 and Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, I don't know if you did this before or after the the Deshaun Watson either trade way. Amari Cooper uh, trade, but either way, yeah. he has more value now than he did you know, a couple months ago. So it, even if you don't use him for your team, you can probably sell him off for more than what you got. Yeah, 100%. So overall, uh, we like all of your trades apart from that flip from 102 uh, to the knock side there. Uh, he also says, uh, what do you do from here and what positions to grab? And just some advice because he came in ninth last year. So he clearly states here his draft capital being the 104, the 105, the 110, and the 204. Um, I'm probably going to grab point. Kenneth Walker with one of those first picks. As much it. as I don't want to force a running back pick, you do you know, have a really solid wide receiver core. So it's probably yeah. fine for me if you if, if Walker gets a good landing spot, gets good draft capital. If you want to take yeah. the 104 or the 105 and, and spend it on Kenneth Walker, Spend the other pick on potentially a quarterback if they get very good draft capital. Sell the idea maybe of a quarterback if Kenny Pickett goes sixth overall and suddenly his consensus value is that he's the 105 in Superflex leagues. Then sell the shit out of that pick and move down to 107 and grab yourself a stud wide receiver or something like that. And then at 110 again, you're probably good to just grab you know Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore, Chris Olave, somebody like that. Maybe Jamison Williams slides a bit um, due to the injury. So uh, I think you're you're pretty much just going best player available. And again. Um, you will have videos talking about our rankings and, and how yep. we would attack rookie drafts post-draft and all that stuff. So we will have you covered by then. And of course, 100%. Patreon will have our rankings there as well. Yep. No, 100%. I mean, realistically, if I were to gauge those, those picks, let's just say Walker falls to one, falls to one of those picks. You want to get, you know, a locked in RB two, three type of archetype on this team. One Oh five best receiver, most likely available, whether it's Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Traylon Burks, one of them should fall to that pick. So you go with that. And then, I mean, you're talking about 110, 204. It's so hard to kind of project exactly who's going to be available at those picks. But given experience, given what we've seen, I mean, 110, you could be looking at, as Corey mentioned, the Jamison Williams, maybe, you know, a Lave Falls, a Jahan Dotson, a Sky. Again, Moore, maybe a quarterback gets quarterback, good draft. Well, if Desmond Ritter goes 32 to the Lions or something like that, in a 14-team yeah. super flex, he's worth that 110 100%. in that situation. And you do need a quarterback three, which would make sense with that pick as well. And again, if... 
you don't like the quarterbacks in this class, or if your team, your league is overvaluing quarterbacks, make sure to try and, you know, sell the idea of quarterbacks to people too, with some of those picks, because you will get a King's ransom for them. And that 204, if, if Trey McBride is there, he would also be a guy that I would have in consideration as well to add to your tight end course. So let's get on to the final question of yep. the video. It's not a team. It's just a question. Um, I think it's an interesting topic. Uh, you guys kind of talked about it. Uh, you and Ron talked about yeah. how to handle the early picks in a startup, but basically he's asking, he's in his first startup, Superflex dynasty startup, and he has the one Oh three. Now, the one thing I will say before we go forward is that if you're in your first startup trading down and in favor of accumulating picks is dangerous because you it's might not know the sometimes. value. And he kind of brings it up. He's like, I don't know really what the value of these picks are. If you do that, like reach out to one of us and we'll answer you and we'll yeah, tell you, you know, 100%. if the picks are uh, equivalent value because trading down is typically something that are, is for experienced dynasty players that know the value Relative and the market value. dynamic yeah. of their league. So I would say if you don't know how to trade down, don't do it. Like, yeah. don't, like don't force it. Don't because you can really screw up your draft that way. So at 103, in a non third round reversal, the 103 is a very, very valuable player super. because it's it's guaranteed to be Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, or Justin Herbert in a super flex startup. So in my opinion, the first trade down point that I'm looking for is 104 after like when Jonathan Taylor and Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray are on the board, because I can typically slide back to 106, 107, 108 potentially, and get one of those guys there and maybe accumulate a first round startup uh, rookie pick or, you know, pick swap in the, the early rounds of my startup. That's probably what I'd be looking to do. But again, if you're looking to trade down from the 103, don't go any further than 106, 107, 108 to try and secure Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, somebody like that. And if you can pick up like a third round startup pick for your fifth round startup pick, something like that. Yeah. I mean, again, if you want more information, you know, obviously uh, me and Ron went fully in depth on understanding the relevant value, understanding the macro theory behind realistically getting yourself into a startup when you're on the clock, when you're trading, when you're preparing for that startup, everything's kind of discussed in that video. But in terms of relative value, obviously in my opinion, in your opinion, top three pick in the startup is a tier above every other pick because the value insulation, the top end ceiling, the rushing production, the talent insulation, everything that you could possibly imagine, especially at the most valuable position in the Superflex, which is the quarterback, is all provided there between Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. So realistically, which is why third round reversal even exists to begin with. It wouldn't exist so if it wasn't such an advantage. A hundred percent without third round reversal getting one of those three value insulated assets is just so tough to overcome from the rest of your league, which is why third round reversal exists. Cause obviously if you're getting Josh Allen, like in a non third round reversal and you're pairing him with, you know, let's just CD say lamb and Jalen Waddle. Like yeah. Like D. it's, Higgins, it's a pretty, pretty stacked way yeah. you're going to start your draft. So that's why it exists. And again, in a non third round reversal, I, I'm pretty hesitant to trade from those picks yeah. to be honest. You Realist need to give me some, some serious value. If you want to trade your one Oh eight, for my 102 or my 103, and you want to give me your 2023 first and, and a pick, pick swap. swap our fourth yeah. and fifth rounders, like, sure, I'll do that. But, like, it is a pretty <laughs> large difference. Like, think about it this way. If you were trading Justin Herbert away for Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, what would you want on top of it? Yeah, well, it would go 100%. And I think 108 might even be a little bit deep. Because you probably I, won't get those guys if, there. Most of the time, if, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray are off the board by 106, yeah. 107. And that's why I say it. Because if I'm moving off of such a loaded quarterback asset like Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, or I mean, somehow if Josh Allen fell to 103, like I would need at least the assurance that I can get Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson at my next pick. 
even if like JT's the best available, Chase the best available, Jefferson's the best available, Burrow's the best available. Like I, I want one of those Konami code elite quarterback one level ceiling quarterbacks, which all of those other players don't represent. The only players representing that would be the Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson area in the middle of the first round. So if you can get, you know, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson and a first rounder, and as you mentioned, maybe a pick swap, like I'm willing to entertain that type of value. But realistically, in some leagues, like people might be hesitant, people might be unwilling to make that move, especially as you mentioned, this is your first super flex startup. So I'm assuming some people in that league will be hesitant to just trade, especially in the early early portion of their draft, because they don't understand relative value. So that's the case unless you're just, getting just take you know, the elite asset at that point yeah. like it's 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 very easy especially if this is a six point for passing touchdown or like there's any kind of bonuses for big yeah. plays or anything like that like you are in a very good spot if you get yeah. one of those top quarterbacks <laughs> in that kind of format and i mean realistically the beauty of having an elite quarterback asset like let's just say herbert in this instance we'll, we'll, we'll pin the name of herbert at that 103 you know every other position you take, even if it's a wide receiver, a running back, a tight end, for the most part, they are going to go down in terms of relative value post-startup because it's more easy to replace wide receiver production. It's more easy to replace top-end running back production. It's more easy to replace, like other than Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews, tight end production across the board. You know for a fact if somebody goes and wants to offer and trade for Justin Herbert that – if you're actually willing to sell them, it's going to be because that person's offering an overpay. Yeah. Point blank, simple. That is the type of asset. And it feels excellent over. having a quarterback like that. 100%. Because like, I, I have a team with Mahomes on it. I have a team with Allen on it. I have two teams with Herbert on it. Like it, it feels awesome having one of those guys yeah. on your team. And one of the teams I have Herbert on is a six point for passing touchdown with big play bonuses. So he is a monster putting up like 50 point games some weeks. Yeah. yeah and I mean, like getting that as a 22 year old insulated quarterback who's going to be signing a 50 million APY deal within the next two years. Like, yeah, it's freaking exciting having that type of asset. Like, yeah, exactly. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this video as always. If you did hit the like button, if you didn't hit the like button, comment down below any of your thoughts as well. We will uh, get to them. If it's any kind of dynasty decision type questions, we uh, always appreciate those subscribe to the channel. If this is the first video that you guys are checking out of ours, hit the subscribe button, go check out, you know, our tale of the tape series, go check out some of the recent videos we've done with guests. Tomorrow, we'll have the second part of this Dynasty Decisions uh, episode where we have the rest of the teams that we were submitted this week. On Tuesday, we'll have our video of running back ideal landing spots, basically part two of the video we did with Trevor for the wide receivers with Angelo uh, Fantasy on Twitter. If you guys want to check him out, we will have that for you on Tuesday. And then, you know, we have some big, big guests coming yeah. in, the, in the coming days after that with, with Graham Barfield of uh, Fantasy Points and Matt Harmon from Reception Perception. So stay tuned. Again, if you're not subscribed, we got some heat coming your way. So hit the subscribe button. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say uh, you guys would have already known about that. If you follow us on Twitter, you see my Twitter at DannyFootball59, Corey's Twitter at FootballStock. And obviously, if you want to follow the brand Twitter, FantasyStockX. And appreciate all of you guys that are already following. Just thought, you know, we don't really shout out our Twitters much. So if you want to go follow us on there, make sure you go do so. Yep. And again, if you guys want to support us in any way, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange, you will get access to our dynasty rankings manifesto with our rookie rankings, super flex, one quarterback, um, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, dynasty rankings, foundational rankings by age bucket. And you can also get access to our dynasty rankings manifesto by checking out our sponsors over at underdog fantasy using promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit. You will get a hundred percent match back on whatever you put in. Plus, 
you'll get our dynasty rankings manifesto for free. They have a ton of contests going on right now. Superflex big board, rookies and sophomores, basketball stuff. If you guys are basketball fans, they have NHL stuff. You're hockey fans like the Canadian lads over here. Um, with that being said, guys, peace out. Danny has something to say before I peace out. All I was going to say, another reminder, if you are not yet a tone setter, go subscribe right now and lock yourself into a dynasty league with myself and Corey. Yep. Peace out. We'll talk to you soon.